Hi, everyone, and welcome back to LRQA's Future in Focus podcast. My name is Holly Wilde. I am the Global External Communications Manager for LRQA, and I'm very pleased to be recording this podcast today with my colleague, Leanne Halliday. Hi, Leanne. How are you doing? Hi, Holly. Very well, thank you. Good. Glad to hear it. Now, it's not your first time on this podcast, but for our new listeners, could I just ask you to introduce yourself? Absolutely. So my name's Leanne Halliday. I'm Territory Manager for Oceana. I'm currently sitting in Perth, Australia. Um, I've been working in the industry for over 20 years now, which seems a long time when you say it, um, and actually been with LRQA for 11 years. During that time, I've had a variety of roles. Um, so started off as Compliance Manager for East Coast Australia, then moved to Singapore, um, where I did um, just over two years as Sales Manager for SAMEA, South Asia, Middle East and Africa and then back to Perth, where I've took up various roles. Um, so within my role, I look after sales for Australia and New Zealand, and also have a global role where I am the voice of hydrogen within the company and help to develop new products for the hydrogen sector. Wow, I've got an international expert on our hands here. Thank you, Leanne. That's fantastic. Um, and thank you for joining me today as well, during a slot when our time zones have worked. Um, that's the beauty of working for a global company, right? So thank you for your time. Um, now, over to you, our listeners. You may already be aware that we have recently launched our very own internal sustainability strategy called Our Planet, Our Plan quick recap for those of you who haven't heard of it before. Our Planet, Our Plan sets out LRQA's environmental, social and governance ambitions, otherwise known as ESG, to deliver a positive impact for our clients, our colleagues, our suppliers, our communities, our planet, the list goes on. The plan stretches over seven years and is organised into seven commitments. That's safety, equity, community, environment, education, governance and inclusivity. Through our Future in Focus podcast channel, we'll be interviewing a technical expert for each of those pillars, with inclusivity being our topic for today. So as you've already met, I'll be speaking with Leanne, who has a lot of experience in this field, and I'm really excited to be speaking with you today. So let's get down to business. Leanne's kindly agreed to provide us with a bit of an introductory story or anecdote. I asked for something that's really stuck with you, Leanne, or caught your attention recently in the field of inclusivity. So let's get started. What would you like to share with our listeners? Yeah, so I come to inclusivity from quite a few different areas. So I guess the first one is I am a woman engineer. Um, so I um, started my career, like I said, around 20 years ago. And actually on my course, I was less than 10% um, women on my course. And that's actually quite a bigger percentage from what I've seen um, throughout my time in industry. And I always I have a real good story. So I was probably about six months into my career. I went on a training course and we're at the bar after the training course. And there was 30 people on the course, but only me and one other woman. And I went to the bar afterwards and I ordered a white wine spritzer. And this other lady actually said to me, oh, if you want to do well in this industry, you have to order a pint. You can't be having white wine spritzer. And for me, that was one of the big defining moments for me of what is inclusivity. So inclusivity is about being yourself in whatever industry or wherever you'll find yourself. And that for me has been something that I've always pushed forward in my career. And also when I was managing very large, diverse cultural teams, um, it's something that I've really supported me throughout my career. 
and the way that I really push inclusivity into everything that I do. Wow, such a good introduction to inclusivity. Thank you, Leanne, and, and um, thank you for sharing that personal experience, even though it's not a particularly positive one, but really important to contextualise the need for this discussion today. So thank you. Um, now, to continue that theme, let's have an honest conversation here about inclusivity. It sometimes is a controversial topic and it's sometimes criticised um, within the business context. Can I ask why you think that is? And absolutely. So when I mentioned earlier about me being a woman engineer, I actually hate that term because I'm an engineer who just happens to be a woman. And I think that's sometimes why I get criticised, because we often feel that people are put into positions or people get jobs because we're trying to be more inclusive where it actually should be the right person for the right role at the right time, no matter what diverse or what background we come from. And for me, that when I go back to the point about saying inclusivity, about being yourself, that's exactly what it means. Um, so yes, I have been involved in women engineering, women in hydrogen pipelines, and they're all great to really promote and push people forward. But overarchingly, we should remember that we're in that position because of what we can bring, not because who we are. Absolutely. And, and, and to that point, we obviously believe that inclusivity harnessed properly is, is a force for good, um, hence it being one of the pillars of our planet, our plan. So for you, what does great inclusivity look like? Absolutely. And it's the diversity and the diversity of what people bring um, from their different backgrounds, their different cultures, their different authenticities. So when I took the role in Singapore, I always say I was dumped into this team. I wasn't just dumb, but I, I went in with my eyes closed. I was given a team from coaches all over the world. And I didn't realise what what that meant. Um, and so when I went to them initial meeting, it was actually quite difficult uh, because I was pushing my thoughts onto them. Now, I thought things should be done because that's what I'd always known, the Western way, the way that I've always worked with in the UK and Australia. Um, now I was working with Peter Cloth, India, Malaysia, China and different places. And it actually took me, I'd say, six months to a year to really sit back and understand what these different ways of thinking actually brought to the, the programme. Um, and also what I brought as a different way of thinking into some of the meetings as well. So for me, the advantage that um, inclusivity gives is if you sit back and you actually appreciate what are these different backgrounds, what are these different cultures, what are these different options and opinions bring, then you get a completely different look at the world, whether that's looking at different ways of solving problems um, and different ways that make up of teams can actually have a different motivational level as well. Excellent. So we've covered some of the benefits there, um, but you've also you know, commented on how challenging and difficult this can be to get right. Um, so if people don't quite get inclusivity right in their business first time or or they, they don't give it the time or effort that it needs, what effect does that have? What effect does a non-inclusive work environment have on a business? Absolutely damages motivation. It damages people feeling part of the team. Um, so you have to respect everybody's point of view. You have to respect why they can't come to the office on a Friday, why they actually have to have that holiday, why they're off because they're grandmatic, why all of these things are happening and not just um, challenge it, but actually ask questions and accept it. And that might not be your point of view. And I think a lot of people think they're inclusive and they just sit within a little bubble. <laughs> But actually, when they start to get challenged or start to wonder why, um, then they actually the inclusivity becomes a reality. 
I've got an example of this. So I am the sole breadwinner of my family. Um, we live in Australia. We have no extended family. There's just me and my husband and two children. We made the decision quite a few years ago for my husband to give up work and be safe from that. That was in many cultures and even our own culture is actually frowned upon and people don't understand that. Um, so when we're having conversations around barbecues or when I have conversations actually with, with colleagues, if they don't understand it, they're actually quite dismissive of it. And that can have a negative effect on both how we feel about that and question if this is the right thing to do within our family. It actually is the right thing to do for us at this point of time. And when people are open to that and accept that, you can have some really great conversations about it. Um, so that's an example about just being open and asking questions rather than just putting your, your bias on it um, and then rejecting it there. So um, and thinking about what effect that's having on the other people. So I guess um, my answer is if you don't have inclusivity, you're, you're ruling people out, you're not having a team spirit and you make your people feel demotivated and questioning their role within the team or within their society. Thanks, Leanne. I so appreciate you providing practical examples for our listeners. It really brings the topic alive. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Can we extend that and, and can we offer some practical advice for our listeners today in terms of if they work for a company, you know, wants to start doing better work within inclusivity, where do they start? Where does a company even begin when it comes to creating an inclusive workplace? Yeah, so the first thing is to stop and ask. So like I said, we all live under this bubble thinking we do have inclusivity. But are we asking the right questions? Are we being open enough with each other to be able to make sure that we do have inclusivity? Is there a person within the organisation that never comes to events we organise? Is there a person that's always off at a specific time or just sits in the corner and doesn't necessarily ask the questions? Why is that? Are we asking the right questions? Are we being open enough to understand um, is it something to do with their culture, their background, their preferences and um, their family situation and just making sure that. So I've got another example here that I can probably give. So two years ago, I came back from maternity leave, bang, straight back into it after I was with my first child and went full time. I realised a couple of weeks, a month into that, that I was actually stressed to the max. I just couldn't do this. And it was because my time of life, this was the last child I was having. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't given, I was torn, I wanted to spend more time with them, I was trying to work full time and it just wasn't working for me. So I wasn't given my most, I was stressed, I, was, I, was, I wasn't completely tasked like I should be. And so I actually um, went to a four day a week and I'm still currently on four day a week. Um, and that was to allow me to have that space, have my family life, but also I knew that I wasn't given my most in the job because I couldn't have that balance. And work listened. But if it hadn't listened, I'd have continued to be that stressed person. I'd have probably left the organisation. I'd have continued to not be able to give my most. Or I'd have been that person just sitting and, what's the word, just quietly resenting the fact that I was having to work for day, five days a week um, and not having that time. So, like I said, the advice I can give is watch out for them signs, watch out for them people who are having changes in life um, and are quieter or not doing the work that they used to do and just asking the questions and be open. That's all we can do. Not pretending everything's okay, just asking openness. 
I love that. And I wouldn't have thought about that. You know, you think about this, okay, what advice are we going to give people to go off and embrace inclusivity? And actually, it's about stopping and pausing and observing and listening and asking. So thank you so much for, for I guess, changing our mindset on that. Um, so let's prepare our listeners as much as we can. If, you know, they do start this programme of work to embrace inclusivity, um, beyond, you know, the point where they stop and observe and listen and engage, and engage with their employees. What are some of the primary challenges they're going to face? What are the challenges in building a truly inclusive workplace that people should perhaps prepare for? I think, Polly, you alluded to this earlier where you talked about what are some of the challenges in inclusivity when people talk about it. So you, sometimes people think you just do this to get your um, numbers and um, sort of look good in your reports, right? So if we approach it in a way that we're absolutely open about why we're doing it, um, so inclusivity is not just about getting the right proportion in the right positions. Inclusivity is about being open and allowing people to use their talents and their skills in the right positions. It's also about giving people the right time when they need it and the right approaches when they need it and being sympathetic of what they need at that time to allow you to get the best out of them. So I think if we outline all of this um, at the start, um, rather than people thinking inclusivity is just about um, getting your numbers right or your quarters right, it's not about that. It's about giving people the opportunities to be able to fulfill their potential. So what is the strategies, I guess? I, I guess that's what we think about. Otherwise, you can fall into it. People just think, oh, yeah, we've heard all of this before, right? Um, yeah, people just, we want to have the right, we want to have the right numbers on our reports. So I think that's, it's a difficult question to answer. Um, but it's just about setting up your strategy and being open about what you're trying to achieve. And using real-time examples, right? Um, that's how you're going to get using examples of people and also getting feedback from people about how they felt inclusive and what inclusivity means for them. Excellent. Yeah, striving for transparency and looking beyond the numbers. Um, Absolutely. I think that's a, that, that's a really good summary um, of my babble fully and um, it's exactly right is um striving for transparency over numbers absolutely yeah i think we might have just covered the next question i was going to ask you but i'll, I'll ask it anyway in case you've got any final thoughts so final question leanne let's just take a step back you've covered so many different angles of inclusivity and you know the challenges we need to consider and the benefits and what it looks like but when all is said and done what should the end goal of inclusivity programs be what are we striving towards a team where everybody has the right opportunity based on their skills wants and attitude and a team where everybody feels that they can be themselves and are motivated I love that. I could not have put that better. That's so fantastic. Such a fantastic summary. Thank you, Leanne. Um, so that's the end of our uh, programme today. Um, thank you, Leanne. It means such a lot to have you on the podcast and to share your first-hand experiences, your views, your practical guidance, and for letting us into your personal circumstances as well. I'm sure you've inspired many today. So thank you for taking us through the values, but also the criticisms and challenges within inclusivity. It really provides us with a personal, a rounded and an authentic view. So thank you so much. Thanks, Holly. It was a pleasure. And finally, just a reminder to our listeners that you can learn more about Our Planet, Our Plan on the LRQA website and see our digital dashboard, which tracks our progress against all seven pillars at ourplanetourplan.lrqa.com. 
You've been listening to the LRQA Future in Focus podcast. Thanks so much for giving us your time and we hope to see you soon. Thank you.